to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we have two very special guests here with us tonight. And I'm Peter Talk. And I'm Matt. I need instructions. Be a, do a better job of hosting, Colin. I am. I am. I, already off the I fully admit that I am not a good host. I am much better at uh, working off of Austin than I am at hosting. Evidenced by us always going off the rails very early, like this. Um, yeah, we got Felix and Matt here with us tonight. Uh, kind of impromptu here. Um, you you got reinforcements here. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no more bullying on this show, yes. Mr. Mates. You hear that? He's literally making a throat Colin. slash gesture on the video right we're, now, guys. We're here for you, Colin. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I you know, and I'm not going to interrupt you all show. Okay, I promise. No. All right, and you're not going to you're not going to interrupt me all show. You're also not going to tell me to move on to another segment and and tell me I'm doing great, sweetie, in a condescending way. Doing great, sweetie. Oh, thanks. Matt, how are you doing? I'm wonderful, man. <laughs> Just happy to be here. Thank you guys so this much for, for allowing me to be on, on Canton Bound once again. Can't make it on campus live, but I can be on Canton Bound all the time. You know what? I will say I'm very happy that Austin's here. I've never been able to be on a show with Austin on Canton Bound. He usually finds a way to duck me, and it's just me and Colin talking for like two and a half hours. Well, you were on campus life like we talked about. A little bit earlier. We don't have to bring that up. Move on. (laughs) Move on. Let's play that back, producer. Let's play that clip back. (laughs) We've got it. Someone got it keyed up, teed up here. (laughs) All right. Well, we got a lot of news to get to here. And I do have a feeling that Austin said this is going to be a four hour show. Uh, But before we jump into things here, four days. We got four days until the big announcement. I'm sure you guys checked it out on Twitter. Saw our profiles go black. 3-14-2022. That's all I can say about it right now. Just make sure you tune in here. But before we dive in here, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, Triple Play Fantasy Podcast, and we got two new shows joining us, the Preferred Lines podcast and the FFB Familia podcast. Uh, we also have the Fantasy Points podcast itself. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the, meet, the week in the Fantasy Points media group. Guys, this was a big week here. Big, big week in NFL news. Energy, Colin. You can't... You, you can't say it like that. You can't say this is a big, big week like that. You gotta bring it. Come on. I know. Are you talking about the Giants uh, cutting Riley Dixon? Yeah, Jack Doyle's retirement too. Um, those were the two ones that I was going to lead with. Um, big but news. I'll let you. I'll let you dive into Riley Dixon here. How are you feeling about Riley Dixon? Well, of course, I know what position Riley Dixon plays, and I know more things about him other than his name. <laughs> You know, so uh, that's first things first. But but you know what? We're just going to leave that one there. Um, I'll kick this first one over here to Matt first. So Aaron Rodgers re-signs with the Packers four years, $200 million. Um, are you 
disappointed that the uh, Browns didn't end up with Aaron Rodgers? Or are you still happy with the uh, Baker Mayfield? Well, first off, I'd like to address that Riley Dixon, great American football punter. I just looked that up because I had no idea who he was. <laughs> Anyways, I am absolutely thrilled that he is back with the Green Bay Packers because Baker Mayfield is going to take the Browns to a Super Bowl this year. I mean, it's it's a great move for, for Rodgers. I know the rumors were he was going to go possibly to, I think it was Denver, Tennessee, and I can't remember who the other team was. I mean, I think he would have obviously made all three of those AFC, AFC teams instant Super Bowl contenders, but if you got Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, great thing for the Green Bay Packers. Who makes to a Super Bowl first, Packers or Browns? Oh, Packers, 100%. They're probably going to go back this year. <laughs> uh, with Aaron Rodgers returning to the Packers, Austin, is Jordan Love one of the worst first-round picks of all time? I've, this has been a pretty big discussion this week, and I will say that I think what this discussion what people tend not to focus on is just like the the misallocation of resources while in a contending window. And I think if you factor that in, he has to be up there because it was it was a pretty obvious bad pick at the time. I thought. I mean, there was a a, a person here or there by that point that thought he could still be a, a starting NFL quarterback. But I think largely people were off that bandwagon. You, you have your starting quarterback who's known to be a little bit touchy with these kinds of things. You don't have any offensive weapons outside of like Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, and that's it. You have nothing else. And they did, they traded up to take this guy. Like, I, yeah, I think it's an all timer. Um, for, yeah, for basically because of that, because they were in this championship window. And it, that's even ignoring the fact that he's just not a good football player. He was terrible his final year in college. What what do the Packers do with Jordan Love at this point? Do you guys believe that they can actually get a second round pick? I've heard that like line bandied about this week. You know, the Colts will play a second round pick, or the Steelers will pay us. Like, I don't. Who is going to pay that for him? The Browns, maybe. Maybe. I mean, they're they're analytically driven. I actually do think someone. I listen to a lot of other podcasts, obviously, and a lot of the talk coming out of the combine is something we've kind of talked about, right? That this QB class is uninspiring, like not like people like Malik Willis, but the the talk around him is he's going to have to wait at least two years. Jordan Love, say what you want about him. We, We didn't love him coming out of Utah State. I don't know if any of us here were big fans of him. But he did not look horrible in that Chiefs game earlier this year when he had to play for for Aaron Rodgers. Someone may take that and build on that. If you can get a second-round pick out of him, he's already starting at the NFL level. I mean, you know what you're getting out of him compared to some of these other rookies. So I do think someone would pay a second-round pick. I don't know if someone would give up a first, but a second-round pick, I mean, hell, so Washington just gave up, what multiple second round picks for a guy who's proven he just can't do it anymore. And Carson went. So why not give up one first round pick for Jordan love and see what you get. Thanks for spoiling the show sheet. We should note how well the quarterback position is aging with Aaron Rodgers, with Russell Wilson. I mean, both in their late thirties, Matt and um, Matt, Matthew Stafford. I don't think that that scares us anymore as dynasty leaguers or people who are playing in campus to can leagues which is essentially a dynasty league and or if it does it should i mean these that that position is aging more gracefully than any position in football in the last you know 10 years or so at least the advancements and how those quarterbacks age because of the rule changes and so you know i don't know how old aaron Rodgers is but if there's someone 
that thinks that they're no longer a contender and there's floating out Aaron Rodgers out there. He's absolutely a buy, and I would think that he would be a stable QB1 for the next three years or so. I did a startup at the beginning of this offseason. I got suckered into it, just like a Debbie startup. And I got Aaron Rodgers like as like QB like 15 or something, which is like should not happen because he's still going to give you multiple. And they're going to keep Devontae Adams now. Supposedly, they're going to at least franchise him at the minimum. So those th- that connection stays together. So, Felix, you brought up a really good point there with the quarterback position aging a lot more gracefully. I do wonder, though, about the younger quarterbacks, because with such an emphasis on mobility now with some of these younger quarterbacks, that tends to be something that fades a little bit more quickly than, you know, an Aaron Rodgers with his with his arm talent, a Russell Wilson with his arm talent. Do you think that some of that this is like a product of the generation here where these Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson guys are just such great talents that they age a lot more gracefully. And then the younger guys may not age quite that well. No, I, to be honest with you, I think when you have legs like a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, it, it allows you to get out of trouble while learning how to play the game. Like early on, we saw this from Donovan McNabb who ran a lot early in his career and then was, was a thrower later on his career. And now we're seeing the same thing with Russell Wilson being more of a scrambler, not running as much. And so, no, I don't, I don't think so. I I mean, Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen eventually is going to be just a pure thrower of the football because he is learning the game as he's running around scrambling, getting out of trouble. And he's going to be able to rely more on his arm on his arm as he as he ages and gets better. I wish I could give you more examples, but but no, the you... Donovan McNabb one is is one that really sticks out. Even even Michael Vick when he, Michael Vick played for the uh, the the Eagles, Eagles. Mm-hmm. during his time with the Eagles, he wasn't running all over the place like he was with Atlanta. I mean, he developed a, a ability to throw from the pocket under Andy Reid. So no, I think there are a couple of examples. So no, I don't think it's um. You know, I don't think that there's trouble for the younger guys who are kind of relying on their mobility. Big Big Ben saw it to a lesser degree at the end of his career, yeah. like the last like four or five years where he really couldn't, you know, stand in the pocket and just like ragdoll some of these guys coming off the edge anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that there's anyone else to mention, Felix. Like th- that wasn't a big part of those guys games back then, not at least the way it is now, like Colin's talking about. So. I mean, I, I do think what Felix has been, and that's why everybody loves Malik Willis in this class, right? Because he's got the the legs and he's got the physical tools that you expect him to eventually be able to develop into a passer and the legs buy him time to kind of do that. Does Rodgers have the worst haircut in the NFL? Probably. I don't know. It's up there. Um, Gardner Minshew, depending on how you feel about mullets. They're cool. I'm pro mullet. I'm pro mullet. But... So am I. Gardner Minshew has really leaned into trailer park chic, though. Mm -hmm. I don't think Aaron Rodgers can quite hit that. (laughs) So he's 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 the bougiest trailer park chic guy we know. His product of being in Jacksonville early in his regular old Clint Eastwood down here in the uh, bottom corner getting on kids' haircuts. (laughs) Well, um, so all right. Well, one last question here on the Aaron Rodgers thing before we move on to some of this other news we have Um, with. Jordan Love, a lot of us were hanging on to him with the hope that Aaron Rodgers was moving on. With Aaron Rodgers there now for what looks like potentially four years or pretty much as long as he wants to be there, what do we do with Jordan Love if we have him on our roster? 
and I'll open Who are you? the floor. Okay, let's see. There's three of us. Who are you asking? Is, is there, if you wanted to buy Jordan Love, is there going to be a better time to buy him now? Buy him than now? You just had Aaron Rodgers sign this big extension. And if you believe, if you believe that he is a potential starting quarterback, why wouldn't you throw out your mid to late round second in a super flex league? Mid or late second in a super flex league to go to go ahead and get him. I think that that could be enough to actually acquire him. And he's 23 years old. He's 23 years old. And say what you want about his like processing ability or whatever. He still has like NFL arm strength and the ability to make all the throws. He's going to make all the right decisions all the time. I don't know, but he has the physical tools there. He might just need to put it together. And he's been under. He's been in a uh, developing for three years now. Yeah, how long has he been in the league? Two years or this three? Will be the third. Whatever. Whatever, we're talking about a different quarterback, different player than he was coming out as a rookie. And so if you believe in him as a prospect or even just the the value proposition, like so, why wouldn't you, especially in this 2022 class, like why wouldn't you trade a late second for him? No, I agree. And let me ask Austin a question here. Where did you have Jordan Love graded out when he came out? I have to see if I can find it, but he had a day three grade for me. I had him about, like just so, so low. But did you have him above Davis Mills? Because I know how much you hate Davis Mills by listening to Canton Bound. Davis Thank Mills you. is a starting quarterback. So in fairness, so, I never I never sat down and watched Davis Mills senior stuff. Like I just like at that point, like couldn't get to him. Um but no, I'm trying to look up my grade for him right now. I have them here in front of me. Post well, while we're senior... stalling, let me just say, Matt, thank you for actually listening to Canton Bound. Well, I know, yeah, I you know, not everybody does. Uh, Alfred definitely is not going to listen to this. Oh, one. do it, do it, emoji right now. What emoji should we send <laughs> we to, emoji. to Alfred? Tag him, Alfred. Um, Alfred with. We did the eyes. You guys did the peach. Do the um, do the shrugging shoulders. The shrugs, shrugs. Yeah, shrug the shoulders. Shrugs. So tag yeah. Alfred. Tag Alfred. JF on Twitter with the shrugged shoulders if you're listening to this because he doesn't listen to he doesn't listen to any content. He doesn't read any of our content. He's just a freeloading Alfred Fernandez. So, so I just I found him with the shrugs. I had Jordan Love ranked seventh in the class. He had a late day three grade. He was behind Anthony Gordon and Jake Fromm. Those were the two guys that were right Yikes. in front of them. Oof. Right ahead and sandwiched in between on the other side was Nate Stanley and Cole McDonald. Oh, I, I know draft ca- projected draft capital has a big factor in there. Did you move him up after he got first round draft capital? Projected draft cap means nothing. I, I lock in my grades like when draft. The only time I'll alter them, I'll drop a guy if they got way better capital than I anticipated, but I won't raise a guy if they got way better than I thought. Because like I that that red flag, red flag. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, we got a lot of other news to get to here. Next big quarterback news: Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos for two firsts, two seconds. Drew Locke, Shelby Harris. For anybody who doesn't know, Shelby Harris is a defensive end, and Noah Fant. Obviously, this coming right on the heels of the Aaron Rodgers news. You have to think Denver, you know, had something lined up for both of them. Aaron Rodgers falls through, just move right on to Russell Wilson. Uh, this is a huge boon for the Denver wide receivers. How high are we moving these Denver wide receivers in the ranks with a now competent quarterback? 
Um, I think it's a great thing for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. They they have not had a corporate corporate a competent quarterback uh, since they've been in the league. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he's okay, but he's not going to get them the ball. I think Cortland Sutton, now we've seen what Russell Wilson was able to do for Tyler Lockett down the field. I think he can do that for Cortland Sutton. We saw what he was able to do for Tim Patrick. Um, I'm sorry, uh, DK Metcalf, he could do that with Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy now with with Denver. I think Moxley said on Debbie Debate that he would jump them both up to like top 20. I don't know that I'd go that high. I like Sutton better, so I think I'd put him in my top 15 uh judy would probably be top 24 but i don't think i'd put both of them top 20 just because they do have javante williams and an improved offensive line i think having rust there is going to open lanes for javante as well so he's going to get work so i don't think that they're going to be passing it nathaniel hackett's offense roughly passes about 56 percent of the time so i do think they're going to pass a lot but i still think javante is going to get a lot of work uh so i would put sutton up top 15 and then judy top 24 ish right around that range Sutton over Judy. I've not ever been a big Judy guy. I, I think Sutton. I think Sutton was still kind of messing with the injury last year. I don't think he was ever like fully healthy until later in the season when he did get a little bit better. And then again, he had Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke throwing in the ball. I mean, they're minor steps down from Baker Mayfield. If you ask the people here on this panel, so like, if you, I don't think that they're that good. Judy, I just, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've never thought he was going to be this big thing. I've always said he's probably like a low-end wide receiver, too. I think Sutton's got more explosiveness, and I think he's a better deep field threat, down-field threat, and we saw how well that w- worked for Tyler Lockett there in Seattle. And I think that bringing Russell Wilson, who I, I said on Debbie Debate, I think is literally the best deep ball passer in the NFL. You could argue Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, but I think the way Russ throws it is the best in the league. That's just going to help Cortland Sutton out a ton. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's a fair point on Sutton. Um, I I was always a, a proponent of Judy, so I am moving them both up. I still will have Judy ahead of him because I do think that Judy, I, I think Judy will serve more in the locket type role, and you'll see Cortland Sutton do, be more in the DK Metcalf role. Now, I think they can both be very productive. We saw that at times in Seattle for both of them, um, but I just. You know, the, the skill set, I think, is such with with Jerry Judy that I was always on him and the improve improvement at quarterback and filling Tyler Lockett's role, which has been more successful longer term with Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson was good with DK when DK got there. Is, is Judy Tyler Lockett, though? Like, no, I don't think stylistically they're similar one. players. I see people kind of saying that Judy's going to play the locker role because he's smaller and and um, and Sutton's going to play the DK Metcalf role. Like I don't think either of those guys are anything like those two guys. And I'm not saying better or worse. I'm just saying like Tyler Lockett is like a, an elite deep threat who I don't really trust to work that much in the intermediate and short game. Jerry Judy, I wouldn't send him deep that often, but I would really trust him, and especially in the intermediate game. Like, and I don't and Tim Pat or and uh, I keep wanting to say Tim Patrick. Like, I don't think Sutton is is the explosive. You know, just get the ball in his hands and let him operate. Like they're almost like I would say Sutton's almost more Tyler Lockett with the role you want him to play. And Judy well, or is KJ almost Hamler, more. If KJ Hamler's Hamler. healthy. Hamler or got KJ cut. Hamler. 
So oh, it will not be KJ Hamler. Wait, when did that they, happen? KJ Hamler got that cut? Happened the, uh, they happened the other day. Their three wide receivers are going to be Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and uh, um, Sutton. Or if he hasn't got cut, the stories are he will be cut. I'm almost positive they did cut him, though. But I, I agree with Austin. Like It's not a one-for-one, one, but they've always used Sutton as that deep threat. That's why I keep saying I think he's going to be the Tyler Lockett in the offense. They're, they're not That's comparable true. as players because Lockett is 10 times more explosive downfield but that's the way they use Sutton. So I think he'll be using that role. They don't have a DK Metcalf on that roster. Well, like um, three teams do in fairness. So I was going to say Warren yeah, Jackson, he got drafted by them, right? He did. Uh, he did, but cut. I don't think he's. He <laughs> oh, okay. He got cut. Colin, Colin out here, uh, taking jabs, <laughs> taking subtle jabs. <laughs> um, so moving on to the Seattle side of things, uh, how, are we viewing Lockett and DK now with Drew Locke presumably going to be the starter at this point in time, uh, at least early on in the season next season? How far are we dropping Lockett and DK? I think you got to drop Lockett a little bit farther because he's the one that's dependent on that kind of consistent deep threat target. Whereas DK, DK you know, I would think that, a young quarterback is going to rely on this kind of size speed specimen. Now he may not have the statistics that, um, that he had under Russell Wilson, but I would think that DK Metcalf is going to be by far the primary target on that office, but still that may be only, you know, the wide receiver, what 18, 19, somewhere in there. And then Tyler Lockett is going to be essentially relegated to some sort of Ted Ginn role, uh, you know, catching a long touchdown every once in a while. It might not be that bad for Tyler Lockett, but I just can't see you looking at your lineup and saying, all right, I'm going to start Tyler Lockett this week. That hurts. I have so much Tyler Lockett. <laughs> I have breaking news. Oh, so uh, Alfred. AJ Hamler cut? Has, no, no, no. <laughs> Alfred has tweeted the Arthur trigger triggered uh GIF uh, in response to my sending him the shrug. So if you're listening to this, you can go ahead and retweet the shrugs that I tweeted or tweet at Alfred um, the, the shrug emoji because he's going to have no idea. Are you no idea GIF whatsoever. My, yeah, he was on that YouTube GIF? show tonight. I said GIF? Um, no, GIF versus GIF. GIF. Um, I think. I said GIF. I GIF. You said GIF. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. I said, it's, it, you, you have to choose one side or the other, man. It GIF, is a war. GIF. GIF. I actually Just don't remember what I said I said now. I'm confused. I don't remember. That, it's not surprising. I I, uh, I agree with Felix, though. I think you got to lower Lockett more. He he seemed to really benefit from Russell Wilson's ability to throw the deep ball. I don't think Locke's going to be the starter. I think they make that trade. They're taking a quarterback at nine. Most of them are going to be a fake. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so I, I think you, you lowered Lockett more. Cause the other thing with DK is he's a free agent after this season. So chances are Seattle probably franchise tags him to keep him on the roster. But <laughs> if he ends up going somewhere else, he's got the skills to thrive. So I'm keeping DK up high and dropping Lockett. <laughs> Uh, Alfred is losing his shit. Over. <laughs> this this podcast hasn't even been released yet, and he's sitting here. It is uh, ten fifteen p.m. Eastern time, and Alfred is not uh, not enjoying not enjoying the shrugs going towards his way. 
Uh, yeah, Alfred is uh, Alfred. The 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 out. He tweeted the Arthur <laughs> triggered GIF followed by "This is the worst bit." Um, so definitely, definitely tweeted Alfred the shrug emoji tomorrow. We're gonna give. Uh, we're gonna give to anybody who t- tags Alfred with the shrug emoji. We're gonna give away some merch to one lucky person. All right. So <laughs> this was completely impromptu. This but... is a perfect opportunity. So I ordered a bunch of custom Campus to Canton Yeti mugs, coffee mugs. They they like the tumbler ones. Like I don't know, thirty two ounces or whatever they are. Not the not the huge one, like the the medium sized one. I will give one of those away. We'll do a drawing to everybody <laughs> that between this week's camp camp bound and next week's campus life tweets at alfred jf that's his twitter handle with the shrug or the eye emoji <laughs> and tag campus to canton in the two so i can keep track of all this shit <laughs> we need thousands of people tweeting yeah. at alfred, if we can get no alfred idea. jf trending on twitter i will come up with something way better i'll, <laughs> I'll tell you right now make it into a frozen lake if or we something if we could get alfred t- trending on twitter i'll give somebody the garrett wilson jersey that i have signed too you can you can give that away as well like i'll i'll, I'll, I will my, con- I'll, I'll give away to my zach wilson jersey Oof, that's there you go it's framed too <laughs> we'll give you alfred's percentage of the company <laughs> That's the giveaway. <laughs> I really want to know how much of this is going to get edited. That like, I am excited to we, listen we to this. Don't much. No, we, don't okay, well, we, we keep this. We keep this pretty much, uh, pretty much stream of consciousness here. Um, all right, moving on here. We're about a half hour in, and we've hit two news nuggets. We had a lot more to go. Indianapolis trades. Uh, Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders for two third-round picks, uh, one of which can become a second with some of the stipulations that they hit. Um, Washington is going to be the one who pays for this contract, which is not a not a team-friendly contract. Uh, with Wentz moving to Washington here, is Wentz still a fantasy starter? Uh, no one's paying attention to Colin. I'll answer this question. Um, he's going to be a low-end quarterback, too, probably quarterback three, actually, in, 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 in most leagues. But, I mean, that the offense around him isn't terrible. It's not not terrible. Like, like that's the best to do. He's got Terry McLaurin. He's got one of those North Carolina wide receivers there, Antonio Gibson, uh, in the backfield. And, uh, you know, they might add – this is a very deep wide receiver class. They might even add to it there. But it, if you're a Washington – what are they now? Commanders fan? Yeah. You have to hate that the solution to their quarterback problem, they determined that it was going to be Carson Wentz. To me, that means that they looked at the quarterback class and said, there's nobody there that we're going to be able to take to produce the way we want them to. So they went with Carson Wentz. Huh, can you believe that? Huh. Here's to 2023, and hopefully you'll find a quarterback there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that goes right back to the Jordan Love conversation too, right? Like, that's why I think he'd be worthy of of trading for because they think this class is that bad. They're also picking a little bit later, so it may make sense why they made the move for Carson Wentz. He didn't have a bad season last year. He threw 27 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. Like, he wasn't horrible there. The problem is he just doesn't put up the fantasy points. So, I don't – I mean, he finished 14 last year with, with Indy really only having Michael Pittman. They didn't dump off the ball a lot to Jonathan Taylor in the second half of the season, which does kind of worry me about Antonio Gibson because that offensive line's not good. Like the one thing with Indy, they had 
arguably the best offensive line in all the NFL. So Carson Wentz was well protected for the most part. He still played hero ball a lot. So I think it's a good thing for Terry McLaurin because they'll continue to force him the ball. And I think he's a little bit better passer than, than Tyler Henneke is. Um, but it probably hurts Gibson a little bit with the bad offensive line and the fact that Wentz doesn't dump down a lot. Uh, Gibson's most of his stuff came from receiving last year. He was not, I don't even think he broke a thousand yards rushing. I don't think he does that again this year. So it might be time to sell Antonio Gibson and you're probably getting, I think I'd go higher than, I think he's probably like a middle, I think he's a middle tier QB too again, because I think Washington's a good team. So they'll, they'll continue to be a good team this year. Yeah. I mean, that was one thing you could always count on with Wentz is, you know, he wasn't always the best on the field NFL quarterback, but he would put up solid fantasy numbers. And I, I do think that that's one thing that we'll be able to count on next year. He'll be a mid-tier QB2 with some nice boom weeks here and there and some other dud weeks. Um, the longevity is, is the concern there. You know, this will be his third team. This is the second team to trade him. Uh, and Indy did not have a backup plan here. Indy's, as the roster stands right now, Indy's starting quarterback would likely be Sam Ellinger, uh, second-year quarterback. He was, I believe, a sixth-round pick uh, in the NFL draft. So with that in mind, and Indy does not have a first-round pick this next year, with that in mind, Austin, who do you see starting in Indy this coming year? Is it bold to say that the starter, the day-one starter for Indy is not on their roster yet? Um, I mean, that's one of your, that's one of your spicier takes. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be <laughs> Allinger, right? <laughs> I would be shocked. Like, I think that roster, like, it's not like they're rebuilding and they're going to tank for next year. Like, that roster is mostly built out. Like, they, obviously, they're missing quarterback, which is the most important position. But the line is good. Like, they've obviously, they got Jonathan Taylor there. You don't want to use up all of his career on, on a terrible team that, that's not competing. The defense is solid. I mean, it's, they don't really have great receiving talent, but beyond that, I mean, I think that that roster is mostly built out. So I think this is a this is a sneaky spot for Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion. I think this is a really sneaky spot for him. I could see him going there. They've got the cap space. It's a it's a offensive staff that I think can try to help him limit the mistakes as much as possible and kind of keep his head in the game. So. Yeah, but I think this is a really good spot for him. I, I don't think the Marcus Mariota stuff's too legit. I mean, Jimmy's the only other guy. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll trade. I think they just want to go pick up a guy. They don't have that many more picks for this year. They're going to go just pick up a guy. Trubisky's that guy. Give him a two-year deal. See what he can do. If he can't do it, then by the time he leaves, you've got your whole array of picks to make something happen at that point. Yeah, the the only other quarterback I see maybe going there is is Jimmy, uh, because I feel like he fits exactly what Frank Reich likes to do in, in that offense, and and I think he he's a guy that you don't have to worry about turning the ball over as awesome as you can just turn turn literally he just turns around hands the ball to Jonathan Taylor and magic will happen. I would not be surprised, and they have one pick in the second round. I think they could grab Desmond Ritter. I was waiting. I knew that Desmond Ritter was coming. I, I've, I feel like that's what they're going to do, and with his skill set could work in that offense. I don't know that he plays this year. Go ahead. Can you afford to not sign anybody, though? 
Yes, because like, the one if, thing... Because if he's gone, then what do you do with... Like, then you just have nothing. It's Ellinger right. or... No, like, I, I would not be surprised if they bring in, like, a Mitch Trubisky. I, I, could, I could see that there. Like, if they don't trade for Jimmy G, Mitch Trubisky makes sense. I mean, if they... Desmond Ritter, I think, fits just because everybody says he's the most pro-ready, and I think he, that's the perfect offense for his skill set as well because they're not going to ask him to do too much. And I think that's where you limit him a little bit and then he can thrive. I think that's who the guy... That's the guy they'll target. They may move even up a little bit for him. I don't know. It's obviously going to de- depend on how the draft goes. But I, I do. I would be surprised... I would not be surprised if they, they sign somebody in free agency because... Jacob Eason ain't it, and I I don't think I'm with you. Sam Ellinger can carry this team. Is Jimmy significantly better than Carson Wentz? Like Nobody. to basically dump Carson for like nothing than to bring on like his equivalent with who's probably got a more expensive contract. I think the difference is Jimmy G doesn't turn the ball over the way Carson Wentz does, and I actually don't know that Frank Reich wanted to get up on Carson Wentz. There's a lot of rumors that um. Dang it! What's his name? Um, they're they're the owner, Jim Irsay, had all that stuff about how pissed he was that Carson Wentz blew that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They didn't make the playoffs because we never really heard anything from Chris Ballard, the GM, or Frank Wright. I give Chris Ballard props that he cut cut bait on Carson Wentz that quick. A lot of times you see these GMs continue to extend these guys, like, "Oh no, we'll prove them right. We made the right decision." He just gave up on them. But I don't think that Jimmy G is worse. He just doesn't turn the ball over like Carson Wentz does. None of the fumbles and the interceptions. I mean, another guy who's out there in free agency, Jameis Winston, going to be a free agent. You know, we we don't really know where exactly where he's going to end up. I think this would be a decent landing spot for him just because everything else is around, it's already around them. But I do think he's a candidate to get overpaid uh, just due to the lack of options and the... Uh, lack of draft capital for Indy, they're kind of painted into a corner. I mean, let's be honest. The if you don't have, if you don't draft your own guy, it, getting the guy is prohibitively expensive. You're more likely to find a guy that has one or two problems, and you're going to try to plan around them rather than build around that particular guy. So you know the the, the fact that we're throwing out Jameis, Jimmy G, <laughs> Trubisky. Mariota, like the, you know, these are all players that don't that, that come with significant issues, but it's it, it's what what's the it's what there is out there. A few yeah. years ago, that we were in a good spot as far as quarterback goes. Like the quarterback was so deep, and you're just mentioning all of these potential starters for the Indianapolis Colts that give them absolutely zero chance to be <laughs> relevant, you know, playoff wise. So. um and quite frankly, I mean, let's talk about this from a C2C perspective. I don't know that the next two classes really have kind of the answers. There's like two guys that are kind of solidified, and then there's kind of some dart throws there at, excuse me, thereafter. But um, I mean, yeah, we need quarterback I, play. I'm even hesitant to say that I trust Bryce Young and CJ Stroud next class or like guys I'd look at as QB ones either, though. Like I have questions about both of their games. Like I, I don't, I think, and I know this is going to drive Felix crazy. I'm pretty sure I'll have Austin on my side. Like the next quarterback I have faith in that could be that is, is Quinn. And that's <laughs> it right now. And, and that's Quinn not saying a lot. A snap. Exactly. He's, well, he has taken one snap or two in snaps. Almost and he two handed years. the ball off. <laughs> hey, 
those were beautiful snaps. Did you see the the like to transition to the running back is beautiful. The golden His presence in the huddle is just yeah. <laughs> it's uh, nice leadership level. ability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, I I don't think Jameis Winston's a good fit for the Colts. I think if anything, he probably New or like I think I'd love to see Mitch Trubisky go to New Orleans since we were just talking about Mitch. I think they they kept the same offensive coordinator that's learned under Sean Payton the past couple of years and. We saw what they tried to do with Taysom Hill. Like, I think Mitch Trubisky's just a more explosive, somewhat better passer than Taysom Hill. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit for that offense. I, I don't know that the Colts would bring in Winston, though. No, but while we're on the topic of Trubisky here, there are rumors of Trubisky following his former QB coach and offensive coordinator, Brian Dabble, to the New York Giants, who just got a new... <laughs> they, it's they Dayball, a, by the way. Like I've been meaning to correct you every time you talk about Dabble. him. Is it Dabble? Dabble? I swear everybody calls him Dayball. I, I don't know. know. I call him Dabble. You know, he he just dabbles in coaching and teaching. Yeah, players. pretty much. And I'm okay. also notoriously bad at um pronouncing. I'm almost a hundred percent positive it's Dayball. I could be wrong, but I I, I think Matt's right. Stuff. It's just like when your guys I'm were really calling sure. Josh Heupel, Josh Hoople. Josh Hoople on this show. I listen and I'm just like irritating me. Connor Wigman Wagman. I listen to so much NFL stuff and I'm almost, they always say Dayball and I'm pretty sure like not everybody's pronouncing it wrong. So I'm pretty sure. Colin had, Colin had trouble with Loic Fungi also. Loic Fungiwani. I think I'm pretty sure it's just Loic Fungi. Well, who, he's not relevant at all. He might be now, might be. now that Zach Kittley's there in Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Trubisky may be following Brian Dable to the Giants to compete with Daniel Jones. Are either of these a good option for the Giants? No. So, so here's where this story kind of falls apart for me. If you're Mitch Trubisky. You kind of, you know, got crucified after your time in Chicago. You were a free agent. You had no value. You went to Buffalo. You didn't have to really play at all last year. And you've rehabbed your reputation to the point where you can probably get a starting job somewhere. Like, probably guaranteed. Or, you know, at worst, you go to a team and you you sign there and they take Desmond Ritter and he's obviously not ready. You've got a year or two. If you're Mitch Trubisky... Why would you go to the Giants to compete with another guy who he probably is better than Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones, you know, was a first-round draft pick there. Like, I don't think it's a given that that Dable would prefer him. So I, I'm not really following the threads here beyond they were both in Buffalo last year together. It seems much more likely that Mitch is going to take the job in Indianapolis or the job in Pittsburgh or New Orleans or a team where he's probably going to go and start and be like the starter for at least a year or two to kind of try to prove more that way. The the only reason I think it could be he would do it is because he obviously had that year with and It's apparently Debo. I just listened to it. I had you two pronounce it for me. So just so, but anyways, DMs aren't open, so I can't DM him. I got you. Also, he hasn't checked yeah. it in three years, but <laughs> <laughs> so they already have that relationship. And from obviously, he did not play much, but they said that he looked better. They've talked about how he's improved himself there at in Buffalo last year. 
if Daniel Jones isn't the guy, I mean, I can't remember who the general manager is that the Giants hired this year, but he has that connection with Brian that I think if they say, hey, like Daniel Jones isn't our guy, they could move to Mitch Trubisky and say, hey, this is a guy we're going to count on moving forward because of that, because they have that connection and that relationship. So if he follows him there and ends up winning that job or getting that job because Daniel Jones sucks, then he's now a starting quarterback with a guy who we've seen can make you a better quarterback like he did with Josh Allen because none of us, I shouldn't say none of us, not a lot of people expected Josh Allen to make that turn, and a lot of that is credited to Dayball. So, Yeah, and I mean, you know, we also get the nice Duke versus UNC rivalry there too. So maybe he just wants to go stick it to somebody from Duke. Duke.com, um, my favorite website. <laughs> um, uh, next story here, we got Calvin Ridley suspended indefinitely, um, at least reportedly, at least for the 20. We're still on the news segment. Are there other segments? What are you still? eating? <laughs> He's oh, in the grocery one. store. I just realized, I, like, he started the bag bag. I just thought he pulled out like a frozen bag of chicken nuggets and was just eating them. Like, I thought it was frozen, <laughs> frozen tater tots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez, how long is this show going to be? We're we're still on the sec. We're on the A block of this show. It's forty minutes in. Did it uh, together, Colin? Yeah, Jesus these, Christ! These shows get off the rail pretty quick. Um, they get off the rails when it's just me and Austin, and then you throw you guys in too. I mean, we said at the beginning this is going to be a four-hour show. Um. But I'll, I'll I'll move us along here. Calvin Ridley, um, does he have a future here in the NFL? Is he is he done? Is he going the way of Pete Rose? I, I think he does still have a future in the NFL as long as he, man, it's just unfortunate because Deshaun Watson technically not suspended with all the allegations facing him, but uh, Calvin Ridley is here suspended. But you know it, it is what it is. He's young enough where he could skip a year. Remember, Adrian Peterson was gone from football for a year and came back and ran for 2,000 yards. Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley is a talented player, but I think there is a kind of a red flag. Is he? Does he have a gambling problem? Is he going to get hit with this again? Is this going to be like a Josh Gordon situation? That's the only thing that I would worry about. But, I mean, you got to – it's always buy low. Buy low. Uh, and so, you know, if you can – Go, you know, go go shop for Calvin Ridley and see what see what uh, uh what that that owner is uh is going to take for him. Uh, but he's just a really really talented player. Is the is it's the unfortunate? Real, is the real discussion here? Does he play again? Or is the real discussion? How are there so many people confused as to why betting on NFL games is as an NFL player with an NFL contract with an NFL team garners a year long suspension? I cannot understand why people are so confused about this at all. I think it's because it hasn't happened really much in our lifetime. I mean, realistically, what's the last big name that it's happened? It's it's probably Pete Rose. And I mean, if Donovan McNabb was before your time, Austin, you sure as hell don't know who Pete Rose is more than likely. <laughs> so I mean, like there's a lot of people who don't understand that part of it because betting, I think, has become such an integral part of our football experience that people don't see it as a bad thing on on the calvin ridley thing what i'll say really quick is he's going to be 28 this year so it means he's going to come back in probably his 29th year season i actually don't think calvin ridley is as good as everybody props him up to be he's had one good season uh if i could i would try and get out from him right now because i don't think he's got even if he comes back it's not going to be with the falcons i don't think he's ever going to be a wide receiver one again so i'm trading him if i can 
Yeah, what I'm you, with you what, on that. What boat. kind of return are you looking for, Matt? If I can get a tier two wide receiver or tier two player, I'd be happy with it. I just I don't think he's ever going to bring back the value he had last year or even before he stepped away from mental illness. And like I said, I don't think he's ever going to bring that value back. Even if he comes back, I don't think it's with Atlanta. There was already talks before this, before the betting stuff came out, that they wanted to trade him. Unless he goes to like a Chiefs or Buffalo when he comes back, a high-powered offense that can feed multiple receivers. I don't think he's ever going to be a wide receiver one. Probably never a wide receiver two. So, like, if I could get like a, you know, since this is a C two C thing, if I could get like a freshman with that. Let me give you some names. Let me give you some names here. Let me give you some names: Calvin Ridley or JoJo Earl. JoJo Earl in a heartbeat. Okay, and I think you compare JoJo. I think you compare JoJo Earl with like a freshman pick, and that's what I was going to bring up too. Like, I'd give me a freshman pick. And and a like a tier down, even if it's a college wide receiver, I'd be fine with that. Give me Jacory Brooks will have uh, ranked lower than JoJo Earl. Like Adam, I'd Randall, be fine with true freshman going to Clemson. I mean, I, I hate to say this, I've kind of come around more on Antonio Williams, like you have. So I tried to get Antonio Williams if I could, but yes, I take Adam Randall as well. Like I, I'd be fine taking a couple of those guys and and betting on one of them coming out because I I just don't think Ridley's going to be it anymore. Marvin Mims or Calvin Ridley? Mims. I don't even like Mims that much. Oh, shit, I take Gavin Sawchuk. I don't either. I know how much Williams. you guys hate Gavin Sawchuk. Mario Williams or Calvin Ridley? Oh, give me Calvin Ridley. Mario Williams, come on. <laughs> Troy O'Meary. <laughs> Calvin Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys now we can speed this episode up he's gone let's go move on colin move on uh, all right well, we'll move on here felix, is gone. <laughs> felix did get scene. up and walked felix away. got up and left uh, probably to get some more snacks that are half finished from his trip through the grocery store um moving on we got some players here who hit the uh, franchise tag this week Devonte adams got the franchise tag chris godwin gets the franchise tag for the second year in a row uh, and then some tight ends got hit with the tag. David Njoku, uh, Mike Gusecki, and Dalton Schultz. All fantasy-relevant options here. Some of them we expected. Some of them we didn't. Uh, I'll just open this up here to the group. Just Is there any player here that sticks out to you as a player that you are now more interested in now that they're staying? Or were you hoping that some of them would leave? I think it's interesting that Njoku kind of came on at the end of the season last year, actually got the franchise tag, not just because he got the franchise tag, but because Harrison Bryant is behind him on the depth chart. And Harrison Bryant is himself a very good tight end prospect. So um, that would probably be the one that stuck out the most for me. We know how that tight end position, how it develops slowly. And if you look at uh, uh, David Njoku's perceived value, on a timeline and a chart. I mean, it dipped really, really low uh, after his injury two seasons ago now. Um, but he was still, I mean, he is still an elite, an elite athlete, a 99th percentile athlete at the position, very productive at Miami. And he's probably what? He's not even 25 yet. I mean, so he was a young prospect coming out. He was now you probably can't you you don't want to go trade him now, but there, you know, there's still a window for him to be a tight end one if he, you know, eventually finds himself in a good offense, which he's not right now in Cleveland because uh well, you know, their quarterback problems and the fact that their team is terrible. And the the entire state of Ohio is shitty. So 
So obviously Devontae Adams keeps staying with Aaron Rodgers is the easy one, right? That's that's the layup answer. I actually do agree um, with Felix on David Njoku. He brought up the injury two years ago. Like Njoku was actually performing well. He was Baker's favorite target. And then he fell, broke his wrist, and didn't kind of come back. Last year he struggled with injuries as well. Cleveland is the one team that continues to run two tight end sets. Like they seem to not really want to put that many wide receivers out on the field. And Joku with just the athletic freak that he is, um, I do expect Baker to have a bounce back season. He's never going to be what I hoped he was going to be and be like a top 15 quarterback. But I think at, at tight end, that doesn't really matter. Like if he gets a couple extra touchdowns this year, the difference between tight end seven and tight end 24 in fantasy scoring is literally about eight points. So if he scores a touchdown or two extra this year, he's going to bump up. So I think Njoku staying in Cleveland is a big deal because he knows the offense, the that team likes him, and so does the coaching staff. And then, Austin, I'll kick this one over to you here. Uh, anybody that stood out on this list to you? You know, I was hoping Godwin would go somewhere else just because I really, really like him, and I think he's talented. And, you know, I don't think that he's – it's not a second fiddle there. It's just like a 1A, 1B, and I think he can go somewhere and just be one and, and remove the, the letter after his name. Just the, the David and Joko tag makes sense from every – like. I agree with everything that, that Felix and Matt just said. The one uh, we're talking about this allocation of resources again, Cleveland very soon is going to have to either, well, put up or shut up with Baker Mayfield decision time is coming there. You're putting $20 million into the tight end position. When most teams put a maximum of like five there on a team that isn't really ready to contend I think you're better off at a team like that just signing Jesse James at tight end and targeting a real big-name free agent instead of wrapping up $20 million in two guys that are mediocre. to And maybe they have the potential to be good. That's still way too much to be putting into the tight end position for a team like Cleveland that has a lot of other issues, even you know injuries last season notwithstanding. So I get everything you guys are saying on him, but I think just the decisions they've made at that position over the past couple of years with, with Hooper and, and with Njoku now are very much head scratchers in a league where nobody really runs the two tight end stuff anymore because it's really difficult to find two tight ends that can do that. And I think Cleveland has shown even with the best intentions and with the money and the resources allocated there, it's still not a guarantee you're going to find those guys. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, but speaking of two tight ends, um, Dalton Schultz is the one that kind of stands out to me. Um, you know, with Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin there, they have two decent tight ends. Blake Jarwin got hurt at the beginning of the year. Dalton Schultz kind of stepped up and, and became a valuable receiving asset at the tight end position. And Dallas is also losing Amari Cooper. Dallas is also going to be losing... Um, likely losing Michael Gallup, um, or if they do bring him back, he is probably not going to play much this year. So Dalton Schultz is the one that stands out to me. I mean, I kind of always expected them to bring Dalton Schultz back, but it's nice that they are kind of confirming this, where they're committing to him, they're tagging him, they're probably going to work at a more team-friendly deal out, I would assume. But Dalton Schultz, I think, is in line for a nice bump in the passing game here. 
So Jarwin, I mean, Jarwin's going to be out. I think that's why they had, I think their hand was forced, you know, like, have you seen the Jarwin news? Did you just mention Jarwin that I missed that? No, I did no, not see the Jarwin I'm, news. Uh, I know what I'm you're la- laughing at. Jar- yeah, Jarwin's yeah. going to be out for a while. <laughs> Felix is just sitting here shoving his face. <laughs> just, uh, I'm not even laughing at that. I'm laughing at the accidental name drop there. Just yes, the, the, the bridges were burning all of a sudden. Um, there are so many inside jokes. Felix just did the equivalent shows. in a Twitter DM of you're talking to a pretty girl on Twitter on Tinder <laughs> whose name is Amanda, and you just called her Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> People are still not going to understand what the hell we're talking about, but uh, it's related to the thing that's not happening on March 14th. There's nothing. Happening. I don't even so know what we're Jar- talking about anymore. Jarwin so. Jarwin is hurt and probably out for the beginning of the year, so I think that. Like forced Dallas's hand a little bit in that scenario. I did not see that Blake Jarwin news. Um, that's that's interesting. Uh, well, ha- that'll be one to keep an eye on. And then obviously the one guy that we didn't talk about from this list was Mike Gusecki. Uh, He will be staying in Miami. Uh, you know they did just. They drafted Hunter Long last year, tight end from Boston College, a guy that people were kind of hoping would maybe break out this year. Not looking like it's likely to happen, but I do like that for Gasecki as well. Uh, finally, almost an hour into the show, we are out of the news segment here into the combine oh, review. Austin, you were the one cheering for the combine last week um, for us. So, Combine happened last week here. Some players stock up, some players stock down. Uh, we're just going to kind of roundtable this one here. Austin, who is one player that performed better than you expected? Uh, George Pickens is the big one. He performed a lot better than I thought he was going to. Um, I had I went on a podcast that has yet to release. It's probably going to come out here in the next week or two. Um doing a rookie profile and they were like, well, I'm not sure if this will release before the combine, but would you buy George Pickens now? And I said, no, like if I had to buy George Pickens specifically the player and not a pick to take George Pickens, I would wait till after the combine because he's probably going to run a four, five, eight. He's not going to jump great. And where people are going to double count and they're going to say, you know, I, I don't know if the injury, I, like, I, I don't know what it is, but we're, we're going to fade him to like the mid late second round of rookie drafts. And that's when you go buy him because his value is going to be an all time low. And then he went out and ran a four, four, seven and he jumped pretty well. And he, he looked pretty good and, and he looks fully healthy. Now I weighed in at one ninety five, and all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit. Okay. I guess Austin, um, if I could jump in here. So yeah. in high school coming out, uh, coming out of high school, George Pickens ran a four, seven, three. He had a 20 yard shuttle four, three, seven, a vertical jump of just uh, 33 inches. So I, I mean, he ran a four four. He went from four seven three to a four four. The track was, and then, I mean, not. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think that that speed necessarily shows up on on film. At least he doesn't. It's it's really funny because Alfred and I were arguing the day before the combine, and he was he 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 had tweeted out like, "Would you rather see basically see George Pickens run like a sub four five or have like a huge broad jump?" I said I'd rather see the 40 because my questions about him were long speed related and they weren't short area burst related. Like I think he gets off the line fine. I think he wins in tight spaces fine, especially for you know a 6'3", 195 guy. 
I did not expect this 40 time out of him. I really, really didn't. I, I've been a big Pickens guy. He was my number one wide receiver coming into the year. He's like my wide receiver three or four now. I still really, really like him. And this just kind of, I mean, again, I don't really pay attention to the combine, but that speed did surprise me a little bit. Even if you think it was a juice track a little bit and you're adding a 0.05 to all of these, that's still a sub 4.55, which is still a little faster than I expected him to run. Yeah, I mean, Pickens is definitely one of them. You've got, you know, Brees Hall, I think, solidifying himself. Kenneth Walker, I think his him, him coming in the size that he did in running. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I did not expect Garrett Wilson to run that fast, as Austin just mentioned. Even if even if it the the you know the turf was juiced or whatever, him running that speed, I think, was a big thing for him. Sky Moore was kind of the big one for me. I mean, he's a guy we we've talked about being kind of like Bird right standard. there on the cusp. 10 and a fourth inch hands. I mean, he had a great 40. What was it? He ran a 441 in the 40, had a good vertical. Like he tested so well. Good broad jump, good three cone. Like he did everything well. And I think he's kind of moved himself up into that high end tier two. Like I think Christian Watson's probably solidified himself up there as well with the speed he ran. Um, but Sky Moore, I think, was one of the big risers. He's one a lot of us had a lot of questions about. Um, and he, he kind of proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah. yeah. I will trying to bring yeah. up his information, but for the G these G five guys and these F F C S guys, the combine is really important because you're not playing against fell level competition. So are you an NFL level athlete? Well, um, we saw Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, a 449 36 vertical jump 123 on the broad jump um christian watson i mean matt bruning mentioned everybody else except for christian watson who i mean at 642 what 205 runs a sub 45 i mean he's just a tremendous tremendous athlete you got to consider him to be um did you did you mention him? Am I just repeating what you said? I said christian watson literally just jumped himself up to the top of tier 2 after the combine well, I mean, you mentioned every single wide el draft eligible wide receiver. So I said Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and then Christian Watson. That was it. Somebody, somebody mute him, please. Somebody mute him. Does anybody have a chance to mute? I'll no, mute I, no, but I, but Christian, no, Christian Watson. I mean, he's going to be the one oh one in C two C's. Probably a you know a Martavis Bryant type ish player uh, at the next level. Is he more Martavis Bryant? Is he more Marquez? Thousand. Yeah, those are the those those two players are on the same on the same spectrum where yeah. you know Martavis Bryant is probably on the higher end of that spectrum. But I don't know. I have no idea. And that's the hard hitting analysis you get from Felix Sharp on Canton Bath. <laughs> um, how much? Thing, how many different snack foods have you eaten on this show so far, Felix? Listen, We're 50 when you have in. the children, I had chicken nuggets, and I had cheese stick, and frozen blueberries, and so now I'm eating <laughs> the stuff that I want to eat. Now you're eating grown up food, which so is onions and chocolate covered pretzels. Chocolate covered pretzels. pretzels. <laughs> chocolate -covered pretzels. Um, and straight into his mouth here. He's just—it's ridiculous what's going on over here right now. I imagine this is like a live look at him at a grocery store, actually. Like, this is exactly <laughs> what he does. Now, you know what's funny is I actually saw somebody behind me in line the other day actually had a bag of chips open and was eating the bag of chips. And I was like, ooh, Austin would be triggered right now. Do now, I don't – I'm, I'm, I'm just playing a bit. I'm just playing a role. That's I've so never gross. opened a bag of chips in, in the store. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe you. 
So gross. One player that jumped in the rank, uh, jumped up for me here, Greg Dulcich, uh, tight end. We don't really give a lot of love to tight ends here, but athleticism is something that matters a lot for tight ends and for projecting projecting them to the next level. Uh, he ran a four six nine forty, uh, not phenomenal, but for a tight end, that's very good. I mean, he's six four. Uh, I believe he's about 240, 235, 240. Um, he ran a 1.63 10-yard split. So that's something else that you like to look at is the the split because that shows you how quickly they get off the line. It shows how well they're going to be able to separate off the line. Uh, but his, all of his other testing numbers were very good as well. 34-inch vertical jump. Um, he had the second-best broad jump for a tight end as well. This is a pretty weak tight end class all around. Uh, they have Trey McBride, but not a great athlete. He's, you know, not the biggest guy there either. Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A&M, but he's kind of fallen his stock a little bit here. So I think Dolchich helped himself to probably a late day two pick, um, early day three at worst. And he's a converted wide receiver as well. So that's already a profile that I liked. So I, I liked seeing uh, Greg Dolchich have a nice day athletically his his 40 got bumped down a little bit it was actually like slightly less impressive i think he got bumped to a four seven right not that you know i saw four six nine that but it is officially four six nine yeah okay okay and what it was initially like a four six three or something when you ran it yes yeah it was uh, that was was impressive four four, seven is like slightly less impressive even though Mm -hmm. like it's not that much less. I don't know. Right. But a tight end, like I said, tight ends, one position where I do think that the combine does have a factor. And, you know, he was in the top five at his position at pretty much all of the athletic testing drills. So just checking a lot of boxes there for me. Um, Austin, one player that disappointed the combine for you. Um, a player that disappointed, um, and I'm going to make his point again. We talked a little bit about it last week as Isaiah Spiller because he chose not to run. Again, I will give a lot of props to a guy like David Bell who knew he was going to run slow and he did it anyway and didn't try to game, quote unquote, the system. I, I think Spiller is a big loser because literally every other running back went out there on a juiced track. I mean, knowing what we know now with how much faster guys were running on that turf, he could have gone out there and run a four-five-five, and been okay, or even you know slightly above that. You know that that time would have stuck. And now he's going to run at his pro day. Like I, I he's given himself a, a lot more, uh, less margin for error at this point. So I think Isaiah Spiller was a big loser in that regard. Yeah. I think the easy ones are Kyron Williams and Tyler Algier. Um, Tyler Algier, I think, kind of did it to himself by continually saying he ran a four four three, and then coming out and running a four six. I still think he's got a better shot of doing something in the NFL than Kyron Williams did, who obviously came in undersized and then went out and ran a four six five. See a lot of people talking about like if he goes to his pro day and runs something better that he'll rebound some of his stock. I don't think so. I, I think Kyron Williams is is likely now like a fifth round draft pick. <laughs> Someone said that on Debbie debate. I don't remember who, but I talked about how Kyron Williams, you know, but it's cool. 
Felix, who do you got? Who, who disappointed you? Well, somebody also said on Debbie Debate that Rashad White belonged, deserved to be in the top 20 in our rankings. Um, I'm going to, I don't have a loser. I mean, Kyron Williams, sure. I'm going to give a, a winner. And quite frankly, I think it's Jamison Williams not being in the combine and how juiced the track was. Um, I mean, J- Jameson Williams would, he is unquestionably the fastest wide receiver in this class. He would have ran a 4 2. He would have ran a 4 2 had he uh, uh, been able to participate in the combine. I know the question is about losers, but quite frankly, I didn't look at the show sheet and I don't have a loser to identify. <laughs> so only I'm going to just winners, you no know, losers. That's he right. That's from, right. He shoots from deep and he nails every shot. All right. It's our very own Seth. Well, who was, who was on Jameson Williams two years ago? Before you know, he I, before I he transferred to, to you to Alabama. about being on Jamison Williams. Like me and Austin never said he was horrible. We just said he wasn't going to yes, start you did. at Ohio State. Yes, you did. We never yes, said did. he was horrible. I said you he said he wasn't going to start. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. I just said he wasn't going to start at Ohio State. But I just said it you know, I don't feel better. Maybe if you see, I'm I'm not that familiar with Taekwon Thornton. Maybe if they ran next to each other, Thornton would out outpace him. But I mean, Jamison Williams just has that long separation speed, and I think of the main guys, he is unquestionably the fastest. And you see, if George Pickens ran a four four zero, then what the hell is Jamison Jamison Williams going to run at the combine? And so, you know, yeah, you might have to wait on him, and he's an excellent separator. Yes, you might have to wait on him. Uh, uh, to be an asset to you, dynasty league wise. But if he gets first or second round draft capital, man, you really, you really got to think about uh, snagging Jamison Williams. He's a very, very good player, and he can do something that not a lot of uh, uh, other players in this class can do. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jamison Williams there, and I think that you know Trey Traylon Burks is a guy that. I don't necessarily think he hurt himself that much in my mind. Um, you know, I, I think a, running a four four five is still solid given his size. But you know, what's the NFL going to think about Traylon Burks? I, I already think that the fantasy community was higher on Traylon Burks than the NFL community. And you know, you could see Jamison Williams. This just kind of solidifies him ahead of Traylon Burks. I think, uh, at least in terms of what the NFL is is going to view that as. Um, you know, Traylon Burks is a guy that everybody was thinking of. This is a guy who's going to crush the combine. And I don't think he he didn't do terribly. He did not perform quite as well as everybody else does, especially when you look at it through the lens of the track possibly being juiced and guys like Chris Olave running. What did he end up with? A 4-3-9? And then Garrett Wilson was a 4-3-6? You know, so... And then Jameson Williams, like you said, probably would have run a 4-2. So all of those guys are faster than Traylon Burks is, at least on the track. So I do think that Jameson Williams could have really helped himself if he was there. Um, but I, do, I think Traylon Burks is a guy that his stock dipped a little bit there. He chose not to run today. He That's didn't need to. to me. I agree. I, I, I just thought yeah. it was an interesting choice. I mean, we, we had a long discussion about this on Debbie debate last night. I think with his, with his size, I think size adjusted speed, he was fine. He ran perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. He takes time. As Boxley mentioned, he takes time to build up. You see what he did, did against Alabama. He, he broke away from all those guys. He's faster than that 40 showed. Like I'm, I'm not worried about Burks. I think he's good. I agree with you. I'm not really worried about him either, but I think in the eyes of the NFL, that performance did not help him. 
Uh, I think you're now looking at a late first round pick at best. Uh, I think you're more likely, honestly, looking at him in the top of the second round, where I think Jamison Williams is a guy who could still be going in the mid to late first. Is there a position besides quarterback, though, that the NFL fucks up in the first round more than wide receiver? No. Like, and I, really? That's a fair point. No. I don't think does. there's – I think there's a better shot Jamison Williams goes in the second round than Traylon Burks because of the injury, not because of talent. But I, I, there's no way Burks falls out of the first round. No way. I mean, I it's, an, it's an ACL know. with Jamison Williams, right? Like, it's not anything. I was there making wasn't that like point the just like a, or... there's no way Jamison Williams is going to go in the second round. Like, there's no way Traylon Burks will not go in the first round. There's no way. If it happens, I will sing the Penn State fight song live on our draft coverage if Traylon Burks <laughs> does not go in the first round. I don't even know the Penn State fight song. Do they have one? I don't know. Yes, they have a fight song. <laughs> Everybody has a fight song. Well, I mean, it, they only play it when they score touchdowns, which rarely happens. So it makes sense why I wouldn't know. They have when you have Sean Clifford, a quarterback, you don't really score all that often. Drew Aller's coming. He is. We coming. got hope. We got hope. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here tonight. Matt, Felix, thanks so much for, for hopping on here. Always, always, always entertaining. Don't thank them. They literally 20 minutes before the show said they were coming on. Let's not pretend like this was some, you know – really nice thing that we did I got dragged that. into this. I never volunteered. That was all Felix. Roots, and Roots then you guys were like, Rears his head again. Well, why not? I was like, well, I mean, if you want me to come on and talk, I'll come on and talk. I always appreciate one, the support. Um, you know, I don't get a lot of that from my co-host and two, the energy again on Canton bound really don't get the same Austin that we get on campus life. I don't know whether he just is too much of a control freak that he hates when I drive or he just hates this show. I'm not entirely sure, but I want to thank you guys for coming on and bringing the energy. It's probably and Austin doesn't even Austin doesn't even have an excuse this week because he wasn't on Debbie debate. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. he should have had at least some energy left over to do this show. You see how low energy he was. Just look at Mm -hmm. him, except for when he's insulting people. That's the only time Mm -hmm. that he gets. It's really gets me. It's a little twinkle in his eye every time he hurls an insult my way. Um, but anyway thank you guys for hopping on um always like i said rate review the show spotify is the rating system now Um, also drop us some five-star reviews here on uh apple podcast as well check out the family of pods that we have going on over on the network we have chasing the natty dropping on mondays that's our cff show campus life austin's baby drops on tuesdays Devi Debate goes live on YouTube Wednesday nights with the podcast to follow. We get the Future Freshman podcast dropping on Thursdays or Fridays. We got Canton Bound, the show dropping on Fridays. And we got the Daily Draft Report, Dwight's show dropping uh, every day of the week. Uh, I will say, guys, I don't know if you, you know this, but Dwight did reach out to me. I will be on that show soon. Oh, who yeah. are you talking about? Um, To be determined. Hey, finally, because I'm pretty sure all three of us have already been on that show. So yeah. mm-hmm. I'm happy for you, Colin. I'm happy. Thanks. I, f- I felt bad for you every week when Austin would just dig that knife a little mm-hmm. bit deeper about you not being on yep. that show. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Dwight reached out and he's like, well, we're getting down to some bare bones prospects here. I guess I'll have you on. So um, I don't know who I'm talking about yet, but I will be on soon. Um, so check that one out. Uh, also check out all of our stuff we have over on the YouTube channel. Uh, we got the official 
That show is a new analytics-based uh, driven recruiting show uh, hosted by Alfred, uh, big wide receiver guy, and David solving football. Um, that drops on – did that drop today? Or is that tomorrow? Yeah. Wow. Look at Alfred up here not listening to any of the shit that comes out from us. I don't listen to the YouTube ones as, as quickly. I do get to them, but I don't get those quite as quickly there. Um, we also have college football filtered uh, Moxley show. And then Matt Bruning is doing a spring news coming to you every night. Just recapping some of the college news uh, throughout the spring camps here. But that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. This is Matt. <laughs> and, I'm, and that was Felix. And I'm gone. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs>